You're listening to Mike T. Property Secrets Podcast, where we bring you the latest news, opinions, and insights on property investment and secrets to success in real estate affairs. Introducing your host, Mike T. of Mike T. Real Estate. Learn the secrets of some of real estate's top agents. It's property made easy with Mike T. Property Secrets. Hey guys, it's Mike T. from Mike T. Real Estate. Today I've got a real special guest from Sydney in the Blue Mountains area. Um, he's, uh, he's one of the leading um, agents out that way from Chapman Real Estate. His name is Milton Player. G'day, Milton. G'day, mate. How are you, Mike? Very good, champ. How's your day been? Yeah, well, it's been good so far. Podcasting all day. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like that, eh? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask you, Milton, um, uh, thanks, one, thanks for coming on the show. Pleasure, mate. And just want to ask you, uh, what are you doing now in your business? Okay, so what I'm doing right now is I'm I'm the owner of the one of the principals of the business. We have six offices, and I'm mentoring, coaching, and training all the salespeople. Also, we're doing developments as well. I'm also still doing some listings for the for my VIP clients. And, yeah, really just taking it to that sort of level with everyone. And it's also seeming a lot of agents have been hassling for me for the training because we do a lot of unique things, a lot of creative ideas and different things that no other agent does. Right. I came from a different philosophy, um, of trying to do it different to how everyone does it and not look at the, your own industry for ideas, look outside your industry. So... I brought in a lot of different ideas, and because so many so many agents, because obviously you make friends in the business all over Australia, some in America, have been saying, "Look, give us the stuff," and I've I've kept it hidden for as long as I could because you worry about it getting out there and getting one bastardized, and two, your competitors getting their hands on the the intricate parts of it. Yep. Okay. So I've been reluctant to do it. So. I'm considering it. I'm recording everything for our team. We, I've been doing sales training for them for years, so I've recorded all that. So I'm looking into that possibility, but I'm just being very careful with, with who I give it to. And oh, very good. That. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. Oh, excellent. Um, can, can I ask you if you could tell our listeners, uh, Milton, uh, a bit about your upbringing before real estate? What was your past like? Um, and the crowd that you hang around with from school, you know, and what led you to come to real estate, you know, some of the negative and positive influences that you've had in your life? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, no worries at all. I suppose I'll talk about the times I remember because they stand out, so obviously they were important, and certainly some of this is extremely important. For example, when I was nine, my father died, so he passed away. We were in the UK then. To hear. Yeah, yeah, so it was very traumatising and it made me realise, I suppose, from that point on that I had to be my own man. So I took things into my own hands and I was given a lot of responsibility by my mother as well, which I thought really helped me, even making decisions on what time to go to sleep, etc., etc. So it made me quite responsible. So we moved to New York, near New York, uh, for a while there with our cousins 
and I learned a lot there. And then we moved to Australia. And, you know, so obviously I changed schools a lot. So I had to learn social skills very quickly, which I think really helped me. And then 21, and I, I can't say I've had a bad life. I've had a fantastic life. But 21, my mother died in my arm. So I passed away in my arm. So that was another yeah. bit of trauma. Yeah. So all of a sudden then I was an orphan. Oh, gosh. So I had to make my own way, work things out myself. So I, I, I learned a lot. And, and I realized that if I didn't take life by the hands, no one's going to do it for me. And that's what happens in those sort of situations. So I read a lot. I listened to a lot of things. In my 20s, I was in a band, so I was, even though I was in real estate then, I was thinking the band is where I want to go. Get to a recording contract stage, our manager then, the person that was, anyway, it's a long story, so we won't, I won't go through that, but it didn't end up happening. And then, when I was 30, and, and I was working in Neutral Bay, Katoomba originally, Neutral Bay, Dremoyne, so a lot of different agencies. And I was in property management and I was always a bit afraid to get into sales. So you know how often people are scared to even start their own business? Yep. My fear was actually even getting into sales. And the reason being, I used to watch the salespeople and they'd always struggle. So I'd see the good markets, the bad markets, and definitely I started in pretty bad markets. So the way I saw sales was the salesperson was sitting there reading the paper half the time uh, and then just going by luck to get any listings or sales. And then when in Sydney it was a bit bit better. I uh, went to a great agency in Des Moines and they were one of the best ones. I think they were in the top three at the time. But even they, and they had some great salespeople, I used to hear them whinge about their database and things like that. So I'd see the frustrations and I used to notice what they they were doing wrong. So I'd slowly go in. And then with buying and selling properties, I found a lot of frustrations with agents. So I took all that and used it to set a formula for sales. And then so I had this action plan before I started before I decided to get into sales, I decided to train myself up. We were talking about this before, how important this is. So I took a year of training myself, thinking, okay, I'm going to get in sales. If I'm going to do it, I want to be the best because I can't fail. Because at that time, just had a young son, yep. and the second one on the way, and I was living in the Blue Mountains but working in Ramoyne. Wow. So, you know, and it was... A long, lot of travel, so two hours each way. And I knew I couldn't do it now with kids. Just couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, so I made the decision, okay, I have to get into sales and I'm going to have to do it locally. So that's when I trained myself up. And, and that's why I came in with a completely different perspective. And I was just very careful on who I went with to make sure they wouldn't clip my wings. Because mm. I wanted to do it differently and I didn't want to come in with, this is how you do it. I pretty much wanted to set it myself. And luckily, it worked unbelievably well. And I think the difference in the different ideas I brought in and the creativity set me apart. And, and so right from pretty much the first three months, I was starting to kill it. 
So happy wow. days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, excellent. Mm. Um, it's a, an amazing story, Milton. Um, yeah. I'll take my hat off to you. That's, uh, you. that's uh, very inspirational. Um, you've been through a bit of a tough trot, actually. Actually, I, I can relate to that as well, too, because my, my um, father, my original father, died um, saying year I got married 23 years ago, and my stepfather then died um, uh, when my son was just before he turned a year old. So, wow. that's yeah, 18 years ago as well, too. So, and and the thing is, uh, even with your story, because both your parents are, are gone, uh, did you find that um, sometimes when you go to make decisions, you've got no one to talk to to help you with decisions? So I found that with, with me, myself, actually. The funny thing I learned to do was it always felt like there was a second me above me. Yep. Since I was nine, and probably I was thinking it was my father. I don't know because, again, probably the emotions of it, you hide a lot of things. Yep. Throughout my whole life, it's always felt like there's, I've had my own guide to help me. So it's always like I've looked outside myself as if to say, what would someone that's a wise person tell you to do in this situation? Yep. And that's what you do. A lot of it's come from all the things I read and listened to and learnt when I was younger. So I've had a huge amount of personal mentors that I've created myself from reading and listening and going to certain courses and seminars. And I think that's really been my guide. And I, I just make the decision on the way I think is the, the right move to make and luckily for me it's been correct but I've never it has never been that snap thing I've always sort of okay if I was looking down at myself yep. what would I see and what would I be telling myself and that's the move to make right okay yeah good um, I want to ask you a few um, fun questions uh, yeah. uh, what are your What's your favourite movie? Pop Fiction. Pop Fiction, okay. What about your favourite style of music or music? Since you're in a rock yeah. band. Yeah. You look like a rock star. <laughs> I'll blame you, right, <laughs> I was going to say who you remind me I was, yeah, um, that you look like, actually. Yeah. You want me to who? say? Who? Yeah. And you look like Robert Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> you remember him? Love. <laughs> Uh, what's your favourite meal? Favourite meal? Um, favourite meal would be probably a roast. Okay, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, holiday favourite holiday destination? Hmm. I like tropical islands personally. Yeah. Although I understand they can get boring after a while, but if you're with the right people, they don't. Yeah. So I'll pick one I haven't been to. I'd like to go to. Actually, Seychelles has always been a um, on my bucket list as a goal. So when I reach a certain goal, the plan is to go to the Seychelles. So I thought Mauritius, okay, um, those sort of islands. But I also places we have gone that I really enjoy are LA and Hawaii, just because again it's probably because of certain people that live there that I know yeah. that make it great and extremely fun for us to go. I'd also like to go to areas where you're learning more. So maybe a third world country, yep. South America or somewhere in Asia, and I think where you're actually learning something and you're not just stuck in the 
four or five star accommodation world and tourist world, how you get to the, the nitty gritty. But yeah, with music too, um, I've got a huge amount of favourites. And if I go back to, you were talking how you love the 80s, so I'll talk of an 80s band that I liked. I liked the police back then. Police, yeah. Yeah, so I thought they were great and I used to follow them and, and that guy Sting who, you know, love him or hate him now. And I don't really like his music now. It's gone a bit crazy. But I think a lot of the things he used to say, his comments back in that time, yeah. you could learn a lot from. Okay. But yeah, but I also love a lot of the modern stuff now as well. So my my iTunes collections, the largest Apple have ever seen, they reckon. So <laughs> I've got a whole cross-section of... Cool. Yeah. All right, you have a favourite quote? Favourite quotes? Wow. Uh-huh. I've got a thousand favourite quotes. I I prefer analogies, you know, which I've got a... Yeah, I like it. This is, I suppose, like a quote. Alex Ferguson, manager of Manchester United. Yep. If you remember when he was the manager, they would often win in stoppage time. So this is a okay. football. They'd often win in stoppage time or they'd be losing and come back. And I always wondered how they did it. No one else could work it out. And it was a couple of things that he did, but one was a quote that he had. He was brought up in Glasgow in a really tough town. And his family had this motto, which was, it's sweeter after difficulties. And he took that through his whole life. Okay. And that was always in his mind. And so he instilled that in his team. And he used to say, look, look, boys, it's sweeter after difficulties. So towards the end of the game is where if you're losing and you win, it's ten times better than if you just romp it home. And the other thing he used to do is he used to watch what other coaches did and they would pull certain players off like the striker in the last 10, 15 minutes when they were winning, which meant his team could now attack. And so that's why they used to keep winning. Those two things, the strategy and the mindset, and I've taken that into everything I do in life, and I think in sales, if you have those two things, the right mindset and a strategy that no one else can understand or can work out, then you can't help but fight, help but win. You can't fight, basically, and if you just keep that attitude. The other thing I always think, too, is my own quote, which is it's midnight. What I mean by that is that no matter what happens to you, if you've had a bad beat, something bad's happened, what happens at midnight to us? It's a new day the next day, huh? That's right. So second midnight talks, it's a fix, it's a new day. And I think that way with anything that happens, it's a negative to me. I just think, well, it's just midnight now, so let's start a fresh day. I also think about it for my win. So if I do something good, you're only as good as your next win, really. Correct. Think too. Look, it's That's midnight. Right. You know, celebrate it, but don't let it go to your head. Exactly. Yeah. Go keep going. Yeah. Um, now, I think uh, you've, you've told me this before, um, but you, you've been in real estate 25 years all up, um, including property management and sales. How, how long has it been in sales? Yeah, probably about that amount. So it might even be longer. Uh, it's been in sales 13 years. So in sales, I was in it fully for 10. Yep. And the last three years, um, with the company I was working for, I was in Glenbrook office. And... 
person who owned it felt allowed me to run my own race, which okay. meant I could do my own thing. What happened, started happening, though, is because I had my own systems, so I kept to myself and strategies, I was making most of the sales and the listings. Yep. It annoy the crap out of everyone else. And I'd never share it. Yep. Because, you know, my, my thought was um, I'm not worried about the outside competition of other agents. I need to win in my right. world. Yep. And it was almost like my only competition with the other offices. So it was making the listings and sales then. So... What then happened is he kept pushing me for years to become a partner, become a partner. And eventually three years ago I agreed and then I shared the system with everyone else and, and it's been fantastic. And I was, I was very selfish with it before, but I suppose I was in sales. It's a lonely game. It's, it's like you're in a team, but you're yes. also having to score all the, all the runs. Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what uh, since you've been in for a while, what's one uh, uh, big piece of advice you give to someone that's selling their property? Of selling their property. Best piece of advice I'd give a person selling their property is if you don't have a, a strategy that's going to prove to you that you're 100% convinced is going to work to get you the highest possible price, then don't do it. You you should, in my view, it's it's not possible to get 13 out of 10, 15 out of 10, 20 out of 10, but it's possible to get 12 out of 10. Yep. And you need to be with an agent that can prove to you that they can get it. And, for example, if they don't, if they can't give you buyers and show you buyers and prove it to you, not just say, you know how a lot of agents, oh, yeah, we've got buyers. Oh, yeah. Oh, and probably the other thing I'd say to them too is secret shop. So before you even hire an agent to come out, become a buyer first and see how they treat you. Yep. And if they are treating you a certain way, think to yourself, would you want that, that agent to be treating your buyers that way? So right. that, yeah, that's the advice. That's very true. Uh, what's your most memorable sale, Milton? Um, probably the last one because that's the easiest to remember. <laughs> it was uh, 1.65 in Waters Road. In Glenbrook, um, so probably the last two, and the other one was Explorers Road, just near at 1.68, and it was, I just loved how they came in together. It was, it's, we're having a lot in that price range happen, and they're, they're just coming one after the other, which is a wonderful way for it to happen instead of all at the same time. Um, but that one, yeah, the Waters Road, I had 80 people there before I even took it to market, so had it sold before. Sure. Um, now, obviously, since the recent boom that we've had, it's um, August uh, 2016. How do you see the next 12 months up to the three years, five years for real estate? Yeah, well, as you know, none of us have a crystal ball, so we can't predict. And it's always... That's the rates too again, 1.5% now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So all I can say with that is what I would be doing myself. And I was talking to a person high up in one of the banks yesterday about this. And... And I said I'll probably adopt your opinion because it was a positive opinion. And it seems to me like at the moment the market in our market is extremely strong and there's not a lot of listings and, of course, a massive amount of buy. So demand supply curve. And in my – the way I'm thinking is until the interest rate cycle starts going up again, mm. our market's going to stay strong. Now, yes, there's world events 
that can happen that can cause dramas, but we seem to be a little bit insulated from it and unaffected by it. And so a lot can happen overseas and there's probably a good chance that it's not going to necessarily affect us. Maybe a short-term little thing like Brexit did to the share market. Yep. Great buying opportunity, if people could have noticed that. It was a great buying opportunity. And, yeah, so so I'm thinking if it was me, I and as I actually said to my team yesterday in training, with the interest rates so low, I'd be buying as much real estate as I possibly could and locking it in, probably in the next interest rate drop, yeah. locking that sucker in for as long as I could. And so I actually am very bullish on the future. And I think we'll, I think we'll ride reasonably well until the next boom. Yep, that's, that's uh, true, uh, Milton. Um, what, what uh, matters the most to you in your life? What matters the most? My children. Yeah, my family. Yeah, right. Yeah, partner, of course. Yeah, but yeah, again, because because I, I suppose grew up without a father from nine, having two boys. Yeah, they've been my heart and soul. So I've tried to give them everything I could and every ounce of attention I can give them when I'm with them. I give them, and and to me, it's just. The thing I, it's just so remarkable how much joy you can get from that. And oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, seeing them grow to where they are now. So they're 15 and 13 now, about to be, yeah, 13, about to be 14. And they're my advisors. So it's quite, I haven't got any better advisors than them. So, which blows me away. So one, if I have any advice for certain business aspects, He's just got that mind, social media, for example, anything to do with that world, and design, um, just creativity, things like that. I go to him, and he's he gives me better advice than professionals. <laughs> if I want that, yeah. and then if I want EQ advice, emotional intelligence advice, and mindset, and, and way, ways I should approach things and how I should put things across, I go to my younger son. And he's a master at that. So just they're old souls, and um, yeah, so they're my world. Yeah, look, there's nothing like um, family uh, um, freedom and, and friends. Um, yeah. Now, well, of course, all loved ones too. I mean, your, your family, your partner, oh, yeah. everything like that. They're they're up there as well, of course. Now, what what book would you recommend? I've got a billion books I'd recommend. If for a real estate agent, for example. I'd recommend, actually for anyone, I think this is a book you should definitely read, and it's called Learned Optimism. I think it's Martin Seligman. Yep. And incredible book. One of the issues I see in society is people are too pessimistic. And, of course, we need to look at the downside. That's important. We need to know what the downside is, but we need an optimistic attitude, and it's very limiting for a lot of people, I think. They, their belief structure is really weak. I see it too often. Oh, yeah, so true. Yeah, and if you think of two planks, for example, I can imagine walking plank and it's just on the ground and there's just two bricks on the side and you just walk plank and it's say that, that thin, so just wide enough for your feet to walk. And then the same plank, put it on a 50-storey building, yeah. you know, you're doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. But it's really, it's what's going in your head. That's right. 
you know, we were at Arak recently and um, they had that virtual reality, the virtual reality goggles. Yeah. And they made us do that. And it's just, like, the first time I did it was okay. And then when I really looked, it was really scary the second time. <laughs> that sort of thing. So, so I think learned optimism. I also think emotional intelligence is another one. Daniel Coleman was great. Um, but, yeah, thousands of, of great books. Cool. Uh, what, what's the world missing, uh, Milton? Uh, what's the world missing? Especially the real estate world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, the world's missing quite a few things. Obviously, love comes to mind. Not enough love out there. Not enough compassion and patience and forgiveness. Probably forgiveness is the biggest thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we need to be more forgiving. So I think it's missing that. Another thing I, I think too is that we don't notice a lot of the bad habits we do that are slow, slow moving. You know, like for example, cigarette smoking. But we also have a lot of our own baggage, yep. limiting beliefs that we do. And, and it's like the story with the frog. How do you cook a frog? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know that one? Boil it in hot water. But if you put it straight in, it jumps out. That's right. It's like, it's like that one, but if you put it in lukewarm water, it doesn't know it's being cooked. We like that with a lot of our bad habits. Very true. Yeah. I think forgiveness. All right. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one, uh, Milton. Um, and who's, who would you say is your hero? Who do you admire the most? Mm, okay. Okay. Who's my hero? Well, both my boys are my hero. Um, a few, a few people that, have been my mentors in business, Warwick Williams and Phil Chapman. I find them both extremely strong heroes. Uh, on the world stage, there's, there's a lot of great men. Uh, Martin Luther King, yep. guy. Um, yeah, I suppose. Who's yours? My question. For yeah, me. Who's your hero? For me, I've got quite a few heroes too. Yeah, anyone that stands out for you? Oh, look, uh, um, yeah, there's there's quite a few. I, well, I like um, I like a lot of the stories from the Bible. Actually, there's a lot of heroes in there. Um, but people that are alive today, look, uh, and one not long ago, Zig Ziglar. Um, I just love his uh, story. Typical rags to riches, changed life. I like Nick. Um, the the um, Guy with no arms or yeah. legs. Um, and he's a motivational speaker to now travels the world, making mm. people's lives. But yeah, family, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I also like people like Gary Vaynerchuk. I think he's a very um, smart guy. Um, and from a share perspective, because I'm massively into shares, I think Peter Lynch is probably the best person you can have read when it comes to shares. So he's, he's a hero in a different way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great, uh, Milton. Um, now, how, how if so, in your area, obviously, but some other people, if they wanted to use you, how can they reach you? Um, yeah, just give me a call. It's um, 0403 304 140, or my website is miltonplayer.com, or yep. miltonplayer at iCloud.com for email. Uh, but yeah, I, I think come to the website. And Facebook as well? Facebook, yeah, Milton Player on Facebook, LinkedIn. Milton Player, Snapchat Milton Player, uh, Anchor. I think Anchor's a, an app that everyone should start getting into. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, and Milton Player on Anchor, but check it out. Brilliant social media tool. I'll check that out. Yeah, fantastic. I love Anchor. And um, so I'm on most social media platforms. Yeah, I'm the same boat too now. Instagram, Milton Player on Instagram. That's the way the world's gone, so yeah. social. Google exactly. and social. That's right. Um, Join me on Instagram and Anchor. Yeah, I will do. And Facebook. Uh, thanks, uh, Milton. I really appreciate your time um, on my show. Thank you, mate. I'm looking forward to catching up with you again real soon. Definitely, Mike. Thank you, buddy. Much appreciated. Thank you. Cheers. See you later. That was Mike T. Property Secrets Podcast, your source for real estate and success secrets. Tune in next time to hear more great interviews. Don't forget to leave a comment, rate the show, and most importantly, subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Till next time.